0: Current events, life, love, money, music, relationships. Join the Sweet 915 crew for down-to-earth, fun-filled episodes. No topic is taboo. Send us your questions or topic suggestions to therealsweet915 at gmail.com. And also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hashtag Sweet915 and life is sweet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sweet915. We have a special guest. Today, uh, Ms. Lishi Grimes. She's a retired Army veteran who's currently licensed in the state of Maryland and Virginia. Lishi works with diverse population to include military, to bring awareness about mental health through the District of Columbia, Maryland and Virginia. She's also a member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, Incorporated. She is, uh, has a master's in mental health counseling and she's a doctoral candidate in Counseling, Education, and Supervision. Welcome, Ms. Lishi Grimes.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Today's topic is, when is it time to leave? Uh, people, relationships, and situations. And you know, uh, Lishi specializes in mental health, so we saw a video recently where, uh, a situation in Maryland where a lady hit hit a man with a car, and uh, she ran over him and she, in, in such anger and rage that she even stopped picked up the bumper and hit him with it as she was you know, very upset and talked about, she gave uh, like 15 years of her life to this man in the relationship. We you know we figured we'd bring a specialist on to talk more about the mental health state in relationships, uh, toxic relationships more, more so. We just wanna ask a simple question. First question we wanna ask Ms. Grimes is, what are the signs in a relationship or marriage that says maybe it's time for counseling or I need to leave this situation, relationship?
1: So that's actually a question we get asked a lot. When should couples go to counseling? Mm -hmm. In reality is if this is someone that you feel like you're going to spend your life with, you should go to counseling in the beginning. We often think that we should go to counseling when things aren't going good. And to be honest, it's probably a little bit too late by then. So you want to go when you're both in a good state where, where you're in that honeymoon phase and you can probably really listen to some of the wounds that your significant other has. And so to answer it shortly, when should couples go to counseling, the very the very instant you decide that this may be the person I want to be with for a lifelong
2: reason.
0: Mm. Fedora, you agree with that?
2: Wholeheartedly, oh, heartedly. Um, I agree. A lot of times we want to seek help or seek, uh, outside assistance when there's a problem. Um, but if you start in the beginning with that, you know, person that you can go to and speak with, then it's better because then you're whole and you have two whole people coming together, making a whole union. So then, you know, you stay pretty much on the right you know, track, you stay and you, you go through, I mean, cause any relationship, there are going to be difficulties, but you're able to tackle them and then have that, um, objective person there to listen and help you through it.
0: Uh, Ms. Grimes, you brought up something good about the beginning of the relationship. Why do you think some people feel that couples counseling does not work to help in a toxic relationship? Once it becomes toxic, why do you feel that, uh, some people feel like, uh, I don't need to go. And, and, and I'll be the first to tell you as a man, sometimes I feel like there's, there's not a problem. What, what you talking about? Because I don't, I don't see the, maybe the things that I say may hurt your feelings or maybe the things I do, you don't like, but I feel like, okay, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong because we didn't communicate in the beginning, but now uh, the relationship becomes toxic, but I don't, I don't know what's toxic. Maybe I'm the person that create, create, that's creating the toxic toxic situation. So, what do you think? Uh, why do you think people think that?
1: Well, one, I think the biggest reason is people don't want to hold themselves accountable. I mean, you don't. You don't want to look in and say, "Well, maybe I am the toxic one," and you don't want to face that person in the mirror. Or your perception is your reality. Meaning, there's there's lots of things that have shaped you to act and think and move and behave a certain way that you don't see as negative, but your significant other sees as negative. And I think a lot of times that happens is because one, we try to love people the way we want to be loved instead of the way the individual needs to be loved. If that makes sense. So yeah. I'm in a relationship, I'm loving my significant other, by showing him and doing things for him based upon what I really want him to do for me. And so I don't think people realize that and haven't grown to that state in those types of relationships to understand, I love this way, but he needs me to love him that way. And so now it becomes toxic because you're on two different levels. And so now it's really, it's more of a miscommunication because you haven't truly learned your partner and what it is that they need. And so now you're you're giving them all these things. Let's say my love language may be gift giving. I'm buying my man all this stuff, but he can't even buy me flowers, cards, and candy. Now I'm upset because <laughs> he can't go to the store and get me $5 candy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he can go to the dollar store and get me some balls and baked beans and I don't went and bought him some Gucci glasses. And now I'm upset. But right. the reality is-
2: That's not his love language.
1: That's not his love language. Yep. his love language could be fixing stuff around the house he done installed a whole new closet for me wow. that could be his love language but we have this miscommunication so now it becomes toxic because neither one of you are fully communicating with each other so you mm-hmm. don't want to hold yourselves accountable and the thing about it is it takes two people for a relationship to become toxic it's never just one-sided because You may have the person who's doing the dirt, per se, and that could be anything. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But me, the individual, if I'm on the receiving end, I'm allowing it. I haven't spoken up about it. Now, why I haven't could be a lot of different reasons. And so we feel like, I'm not going to counseling. What me sitting down and talking to some stranger going to help me? We can talk to such and such. We can talk Mm -hmm. to this person. We sat down and we talked. The problem is people sit down and they talk, Mm -hmm. but they do not comprehend and understand where each other is coming from.
0: Wow, uh, Lisi, <laughs> one of our very good friends just texted me and told me to take notes because uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm that guy, I'm that guy. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna say her name, Tanya Berry. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the guy, the gift giver, because I don't, I, I don't express my, you know, my love in the way that you might want me to do it. I don't, I don't say, uh. Well, let me buy, let me buy Alicia some flowers. Cause you know, she cooked dinner for us last night and I know she had a long day of work with her counseling and stuff like that. Maybe, uh, you know, on the other side you felt passion for somebody and just emotionally drained you. And I didn't, I didn't go out and get you your favorite uh, Philly cheesesteak sandwich when I knew that's what, that's something your favorite thing is, or, or you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm the guy. So I'm, I'm going to admit I'm the guy, everybody. I'm the guy. I'm the gift giver. I don't, I don't express it, so I said it, Tanya to Berry. Nah, leave me alone. <laughs> but Curtis, that would be okay,
2: okay, if that was your partner's love language. If okay. they needed it, the way they felt loved was receiving gifts, then you'd be perfect. But mm-hmm. now, if the way they received love is through um, physical touch or personal um, time, you know. Mm-hmm then if you are always working or you're always gone from the home and you come and bring gifts, then it means nothing because they just want you. They don't want gifts. Or if you're giving gifts and there's no intimacy of physical touch all day or, you know, if you're home now, we're in quarantine and you may pass by your, your partner and rub them on the head or pat them on the backside or just give them a smooch while they're sitting on the couch. Now, if that's their love language, that's perfect for that individual. Now, let's say if you're a person who has problems with the way your partner receives that love, then that's something that you can work on as an individual to be able to learn how to love your partner in that way that they receive love. And it's a simple question, like there's a questionnaire, like a survey that you can actually Mm -hmm. take to find out what your love language is. Because some people don't even know what their love language is. Um, They may not really know, oh, I like this or like that, but they don't really get down to the bottom of it. How do I feel that I'm loved? And once you learn that, you can give those to your partner, you know, both of you can take it. And they can find out how you love. Even in the beginning of a relationship, I would do it. I've done it. <laughs> so to find I, I out, know. yeah, even in so, friendship.
1: I do. It's not just intimate, yes, intimate.
2: relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. I I do it with my friends, understanding what their love language is. Um, yeah, you know. But thinking of relationships, I can give a perfect example. Let's say you are a gift giver, and your woman comes to courage. You know what? I really would like some flowers. And you're like, mm, I'm not going to get her no flowers. I'm going to go buy her this Louis bag. And then you give her this Louis bag, and she's like, I just asked you for some flowers. And it's not. And then you seem like, well, now she's it's being ungrateful because I don't went and got her this Louis bag. All she wanted was some $5 flowers, and I went and spent $1,500 on this Speedy, and um. she don't want it. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to your partners. If your partners, we typically will tell you I would hope so in mature, grown relationships, that right, you yeah. tell each other what it is that you do like. And sometimes we just want you to go do something. If I say I want flowers, don't make it a task of, well, do you want me to get you red ones or pink ones? Do you want roses or lilies?" Honestly, <laughs> we probably don't care. We want you to put that time and effort into right. it. And I could say, oh, baby, we ain't got me some flowers. We don't want to always get specific some people don't and and that's both men and women they don't always want to go to the specific they want you to take that time and put the energy in it because if i'm telling you what kind what color i go online ordering myself yeah
0: so from so from the counseling aspect of things when 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 we get to that point where the the other person or whoever in the relationship feels like we need counseling because i see potential in this relationship before it becomes toxic uh, is it is it is it a a sit down moment or is 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 or is it the point where you say you know what either we go to counseling or it's over?
1: So I think it can it could be both. I think it, it depends on the individuals involved. I do think it could be both. And so if let's just say I'm that person that's saying you know what I think we need to go to counseling. I would hope that couples would sit down and discuss, okay, you know, I think I should go to, we should go to counseling because of X, Y, and Z. Because what we don't want is the other whoever it is, male or female, man or woman saying, okay, fine, we can go to counseling. And you go to counseling, you're just checking a box. You're not getting anything out of it. You're only going to get what you put in. People think they come and they want to sit and talk to me and I'm America working. Voila, yeah. y'all relationship is amazing. Uh-uh, that's not how I work around here. Right. Y'all have to put in some work. And it's not, it's not an easy task. So is my significant other truly invested into this relationship where they're willing to take the time to go to couples counseling? And now couples counseling can be set up multiple ways. And so I'll talk to you in regards to how I set it up. I may have couples come in for couple counseling, but I also see them individually. And it gets a little tricky because you get to see two different people. I get to see who you are by yourself. And I get yeah. to see who you are within the couple setting. And sometimes they may have told me something in an individual session that I can't bring up in a couple session. But i am gonna look at you.
3: Oh, wow.
1: I hope that you're going to go ahead and bring it up. And you want <laughs> to know what I'm hitting it about. But I'm not I'm going to respect your, your confidentiality and sharing those things with me. But that's the thing. Couples don't necessarily want to be truthful with each other. You have to go to those uncomfortable waters. You have to. It's not about hurting somebody's feelings. We know you're not intentionally trying to hurt your significant other feelings. But you have to be honest. You have to be honest with the person you see in the mirror. And you have to be honest with the person who's going to be across from you. And what can you get out of going to couple's counseling and trying to figure out before it gets too toxic or, or too far along you may find out, you know what, this person has some wounds that I'm not willing to deal with when they come up. Mm. And that's okay. okay. And so let's cut our ties here and move forward. Instead of these wounds coming up later and now you kind of blindsided, and I'm forced to deal with it. And now I turn into the woman in Maryland going through bumpers, trying to hit you with your car, break throwing bricks through your windows, because you do get to an irrational state. A lot of people don't believe it. Sure. But you do get irrational with your emotions from a toxic situation. And the reality is, it's not that you're afraid that you're losing that individual. What it is, is you're breaking up with your hopes and dreams. So it's not, I'm losing Curtis. Mm-hmm. It's, I envision having a husband. I envision having kids. I envision having his family. And now because I'm not with this individual, I have to start all over to reach my hopes and dreams. It's mm. not I'm losing Curtis. It's I'm breaking up with my hopes and dreams. So I'm devastated. I'm hurt. I'm irrational. But this is why you go to couples counseling to one, understand what your values are. You may have totally different values one of you may value being monogamous and the other may not it, it's, it's nothing wrong with that but mm-hmm. i want to know if i'm getting in a relationship with somebody if they value being monogamous or not my i may value education you may not i may feel like well this ain't gonna work if you don't value education because now we're not on the same accord so you you want to go to a couples counseling to know what you both value, what you both have been through, what are you willing to invest? What is what is your breaking point? Wow. And you can get all those things, believe it or not, by going to counseling. And, and it's hard, especially for African-American males, getting them to come to counseling. But I will say, once you are truly invested and you guys show up to counseling, it's always amazing to see you guys break down and cry. And then <laughs> it's always... It's always, gee, don't look at whatever. me like
0: that. Whatever, Alicia, whatever. Nobody's crying.
1: Because look, but <laughs> every guy that come in here going to cry. But it's good to see you in a vulnerable state and you're getting something out of it and your significant other gets to reap those benefits. And so you'll figure out, is this too toxic where I can't come back from it? Do I want to be with this person? Am I invested? Or if anything, you may find out who your true self is. And as Fedora stated, a lot of people get with other individuals to complete themselves. If you are not complete by yourself, you will not be complete in a relationship. Mm. I'll stop there because you know I'm long
0: winded. She told y'all. She told y'all. <laughs> yeah, she, she told y'all. That's right. I'm going to yes, leave it at yes.
2: that
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Woo, okay. I'm moving right along, because she told y'all, I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> you don't want to get back in the hot seat. <laughs> well, I wasn't in the hot seat. I was, I, 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 I accepted my, my, and she schooled me. She opened my eyes to a lot of she things, did. you know, uh, uh, like you say, I, I mean, need to look in the mirror and do a reality check and in the next relationship, take the time out to do some of the things that you suggested, uh, yep. With, with find out is this a future in this and, and can I tolerate some of the things that I see going on or what's my breaking point with that person and say before it gets to the point where we're, we're being toxic towards each other, I say, you know what, this this ain't working. This this is not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, we could be friends or associates or however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. Acquaintances, yeah.
1: And be okay with that. I think that's yeah. another thing we have is we, we meet good guys or good women and it doesn't work out. And now the guilt may take over and you're like, well, they're a good guy, honey. He just may not be a good guy for you. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's okay. okay. If things don't serve you, it's, it's okay. You have to be okay with that. But yeah. I think that guilt comes and now you've been with a guy for two years and you knew three months in that you really didn't like him, but he was such a good guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as we transition, as a friend, should you encourage your friend that's in a toxic relationship to leave? Why or why not?
1: Did get a little tricky. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's why I say why or why not. Your, because. your
2: definition of toxic too.
1: So and this is what I would say. Everybody has a different definition of toxic. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: as as my therapist had on, um, if I see an individual, one of my friends in a relationship that is unsafe for them, whether it be mentally or physically. You best believe I'm going to encourage them to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also believe you have to be careful with what you share with your friends in your relationship. Let's say she's in a re- Leashee and Curtis in a relationship. Curtis done pissed Leashee off. So now I'm going to the door, like, girl, let me tell you what Curtis did. He did A, B, C, and D. Two days later, she got over it. But for Dora, as my friend, has not That's gotten not. over it. She has not forgiven Curtis, and I've gotten over it. So as individuals, and even as friends, choose wisely how you react to certain things. Because remember, your threshold is different than your friend's threshold. If your friend is over it, then baby, you got to get over it too. And as that person, do we involve our friends in our relationship? Be wise about what you share, because... Curtis relationship is going to be different than Fedora's relationship. It's going to be different than Lishi's relationship. There is not one relationship on this earth. As we all learn with Jada and Will, that will match up to each other's standards. What we may think somebody's relationship is like could be the complete opposite. You have to be okay with the standards and boundaries that you set in your relationship for each other. So to answer the question, Should a friend get involved and tell a friend to leave in a toxic relationship? It depends. Like I said, if it's detriment detriment to your health, I think a friend should stop in because you do have those abusive relationships and being on the inside your window isn't as clear as the person that's on the outside. But Mm -hmm. you also have to understand you can't make anybody do anything. So they may be in an abusive relationship and As that friend, you tell them, girl, you should leave, girl, you should leave, girl, you should leave. And if they don't leave on their own accord and they leave because of you, you've now become their enemy. You've now become the individual that they take their frustrations out on because you advise that they leave that individual. And now they're trying to figure out where does my next meal come from? But again, their threshold is not your threshold. It may not be a deal breaker that you call me the B word. It, it mm. may not be a deal breaker that you call me that in a relationship. she is a deal breaker because you call mm. me that, you're gone. But for my friend, it may not be. That's yeah. Again, this is why you need to know your friends.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Fedora?
2: Exactly. Um, Mira, everything that she <laughs> said, I agree totally. Um, there's nothing else to add to that. You <laughs> it's like A that's 100% on point.
0: And that's why I brought the question up, you know. Uh, yeah. Because in certain situations, you can be that friend and tell them, but then, like you say, at the end of the day, where's my next meal coming from? Who's going to help me pay these bills? Or how am I going to take care of my kids now that you told me to leave that relationship? So, and especially if you're not going to be that support system for them once they leave the relationship,
3: exactly.
0: you know, now you are now you become the enemy. You know, you told me to leave and, and now look at me, you know, I'm, I'm trying to rob Peter to pay Paul. And, you know, yeah, so right. I, I, I got where she going with that. Yeah. Uh, that's why I asked the question, because some people don't understand, you know, they want to get involved in a relationship and say, you know, that's my girl and, and so on and so forth. But you don't have no place for your girl to stay once this relationship is over and you don't know what the what the breaking point was for them. You just mm-hmm. assume that's the breaking point for you. You know, you, you tired of him talking to her or her talking to him like that. You know, so he needs to leave. But then, when when they put him out or or they 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 sever ties, and you're like, "Well, Fedora, can I stay with you?" You like, "Boy, please, uh-uh, you can't stay here." You know what I'm saying? So, you told me to leave. Nah, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm like, you told now me. you to mad leave. At, you at me? Know if, know what yeah, saying? I ain't got no place to stay. That was my, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So. so. And and that's the thing. Sometimes we don't ever fully know someone's situation, and that's why I you guys probably hear me say a thousand times, your perception is your reality Mm. what i may not tolerate somebody else may tolerate it because they feel like they have to the things i don't tolerate is because i know i can sustain them with or without an individual everybody's not in that situation you're just not and but then what happens after they take your advice and then i want you to look at the people that you're taking advice from so if you're that individual that is asking you know, your friends. And I put that in close quotation mark because there's very few people that are really, really your friends that really have good intentions for you. It could be that single friend that just mad that you got somebody and like, she don't, how she got a man and I don't. And <laughs> unconsciously that's in her mind and she's not uh-huh. thinking about that, kind, but it's affected the way she's responded or he has responded to your situation. A lot of things come from your unconscious, and we as people don't realize it. And before mm-hmm. you know, it's like, dang, I done told this girl she should <laughs> do this, and really, right. let, let me call her and tell her I don't do that, because yeah. you, didn't, it's true. you reacted off of your own emotions. You didn't right. think about the individual involved. So be careful when you solicit information for your relationships, and when I say relationships, I mean your friendships as well, because your friendship should be just as intimate as your relationship. Be careful when you solicit information from other people. Good
0: point. So, have, Ms. Grimes,
2: I, I, I want something. to Curtis, I just want to say what um, Lee she said, going back to it, and we say friends, but um, when she gave the example of going and talking to your friends or family members, and mm-hmm. like, they don't forgive that person wherein and then that then you're the person is starting to be feel judged because then they're thinking like, oh, your friend or your your you know sister or mom or whatever dad is thinking like, why are you still in this relationship? They did such and such. They cheated on you. So why are you back with them? You should leave them. And then that's that may be what they're feeling, but they won't necessarily say it because they don't want to, you know, put a wedge in the relationship. But it's still how they respond to you how they interact with you from that point on so you really do have to be careful if you know that like you say that's not you know that's not a deal breaker for you and you're going to work it out or you're going to forgive but for a a parent or a sibling or a friend that may be a deal breaker for them and then they're starting to judge so then it's going to affect your relationship with that individual as well. And before you know it, you're going to be feeling like isolated or Mm -hmm. you're on one side or the other. And then that's more turmoil and conflict. So you have to really be careful about involving anybody in your relationship. I would just say, if it's toxic to a point where you are being abused physically, then that for me is another um, situation that, yes, you do need to get out and we will, if you can't stay with me, there are services and, you know, whatever that friend is able to do, um, be able to help that person. But in that situation, yeah. Um, because to me that's life or death mm-hmm. and I choose the side of life and, you know, not allowing that person to, to, you know,
0: succumb to such um, things. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so Lishi, we have a, a listener out there. They posed this question. They said, so I've been married 22 years. My wife and I have four adult children. Our Mm -hmm. last one just left college. Mm -hmm. I'm now ready to leave because I no longer feel or believe the love required to keep us together is there. Mm -hmm. Counseling didn't help us, didn't help, and I won't go through that again. My wife is taking advantage that I've always been here and doesn't want to take the steps necessary to see my point of view. She says, as a man, I shouldn't require so much attention. I love to touch, but she always, uh, she always pushes me away. Communication is non-existent. The problem is I don't really know if I'm leaving because of lack of affection or the need to see if someone else deserves me. I feel happiness will visit me when I finally leave.
1: So that's a lot of questions. Um, one thing I will say, and I'm going to use this analogy for this individual. Great. When we go to dinner and we go to these fancy dinners and we want to take all these nice pictures of our great food and, you know, they serve you family style. 99% of the time, you're not going to eat all the food at that table. However, you feel like because I've invested this much time into it i've invested this much money oh i'm gonna eat all this steak i'm gonna eat all these this asparagus and mashed potatoes i'm I'm gonna eat all this when the reality was you was full a long time ago Mm. so the moment you became full and it sounds like and i don't know i'm just going off of the information that i have it sounds like you may have stayed because you have children and now the children was the only reason that you stayed because you probably want to put out this great example, my children came from a two parent family home. but However, I can guarantee you, your children seeing what was going on in that relationship and is now going to affect them in their relationship. They've seen when that love had died down. So if you feel like your significant other is not meeting your needs of getting you that affection and the attention that you need, that means you've been full so you knew you wanted to leave. What kept you there? The other thing is you said something to the effect of, uh, you would leave and finally find your happiness. Honey, I'm here to tell you, I don't care if you're with the most beautiful woman on this earth that's gonna give you all the attention and all the affection you need. Happiness comes from within you. So it's something about yourself that you're not happy with and it's affecting the things on the outside of you. So again, it goes back to taking that accountability and looking in the mirror and dealing with that individual in the mirror, whether you wanna agree with that or not. You should be happy whether you're married, whether you're divorced. If your happiness depends on that, then again, that's something internal that you have not dealt with. And so before you go getting in a relationship with with anyone else to think you're gonna get that happiness, I want you to go to counseling and work on you, not to work on your marriage. I want you to go to counseling to work on the individual that you see in the mirror, and I want you to fully see yourself. Because if I took away all your accolades, all your achievements, and asked you, who are you? Would you be able to tell me? And I'm gonna stop there.
0: Mm. That's deep. That was very deep. Uh (laughs) I, I hope they uh, <laughs> a, uh, I gotta I hope you answered your question um that, that was real I, that hope, was,
1: I hope I answered it again I'm only going off of the information you gave right. so. and that was a great analogy you.
0: Uh, when you speak about the kids and really and, nice. and being fooled because you at some point in the marriage he probably or she probably knew that they had had enough you know this wasn't this wasn't the, the place for them um, and they just stuck around so that they can say hey you know, I raised my kids in in a two-parent home and hopefully that they don't that that when they become adults they'll see that you know he can see the positive sides of having two family homes but 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 internally he was miserable the whole time he was and like was oh sure. god when kids when they don't graduate get out of the house I can leave her alone you know and I can guarantee you the children saw it i mean it
2: was in that environment cuz as a, as parents cuz I'm a parent you think your children don't hear or don't see things, but they are so smart and they have that, you know, internal uh, compass to know when things are not right in that environment. They live, they live there. They're, they're kids, but they know mm-hmm. and they're aware, even though they don't say anything or they may not say something or you might not know, but their behavior speaks if we would really, really look. Right. Yeah. Would be able i to, think the I
1: other say. thing is when it comes to marriage because you know he mentioned or she i don't know if it's male or female i think so he mentioned being married for 22 years i think sometimes we get caught up and comfortable and content with the amount of years that has yeah. accumulated that means absolutely nothing because okay he was married for 22 years but how many years of those were some good 20 years was it six months Was it the first year? Was it every five years? So a lot of people get hung up, oh, we've been married for 15 years. Yeah, and how many times was you crying in your room or crying in the shower? How many times were you saying that you weren't happy with your current situation? So I I want us as a society, and, and that's where it comes from, to stop getting caught up on staying in things because, well, I put this much time into it, I'm just gonna finish it out. It don't mean that you're a quitter. Stop staying in places and situations of things that don't serve you. It's okay. I'm sure you might have gotten married when you were young. Your values when you're 20 and my values when I'm 40, I can guarantee you are very, very, very different. Mm-hmm. Things that I would deal with when I'm 20, I probably would absolutely not deal with when I'm 40 or 50, or maybe I might. But that what's happening in relationships sometimes in these long marriages, they don't revisit and continue to get to know each other. And sometimes I say it goes to women fall in love with a man's potential. to so whereas a man falls in love for the woman we already are, what happens? The man never reaches the potential, and the woman she grows to be somebody else. So now these same two individuals
3: mm.
1: is wow. in the marriage for twenty-two years. Baby, it ain't gonna work. Mm. Mm.
2: Mm. <laughs> I hear you saying, uh, Curtis, what's, up? Right. what's I'm that? I'm just cool?
0: listening, man. She's schooling me. Hey, I'm I'm listening. Hey, my ears is open. You know, I'm listening to what she's saying. And, yeah, uh, it's, I mean, true. It's, it's deep. It's deep. And she's giving you yep. she's not sticking to the educational part. She's telling you from experience. Real life. And yeah. And she's life experience. And then she's adding the educational part where you can go back and research it and find out yes. what she's saying is reality by percentages. Yep. The surveys that you was, see
1: get into statistics and all yeah. the studies. But when, I, when I'm in these formats, I want to be relatable as possible. I don't want to be your typical expectation of what a psychotherapy is because baby mm-hmm. Wishy Grimes ain't that. Yeah, I, I want you to see it real rugged and raw. My, my patients will tell you, oh, she's not going to sugarcoat it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But I can guarantee you, you can go back and you can look at studies and you can do the research on these things yourself and be like, Oh, she wasn't just making that up. She didn't just tell me that to tell me that. Right. I promise you, I'm not just gonna tell you things just just to tell you those <laughs> things. I'm going to talk from both professional and personal experience. I wasn't always this person. I had to go through some things too. I had to face that person in the mirror too. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not immune to any of this because I'm a therapist now. It don't work like that. I wished. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Let me read this right quick from from uh, Victoria Molinar. And then she said, she expressed that, that that goes with other things in life, just because you invest a certain amount of time in your life to a certain career or friendship doesn't mean you have to continue them if they're no longer working for you or if they are taking away from your inner peace.
2: Yep. At Lisa, I've heard you
0: say that a lot of times we work together you would tell people about their inner peace. When you thought about transitioning to other positions and jobs, when you talked about, You know, getting out the army at one point, you was talking about your inner peace within yourself. You know, you weren't really happy with things that you saw or things was going on with
1: you you knowing me from my army days, this is something I stood by. This isn't something, it wasn't a son Grimes is upset with the military kind of day. This is literally something that I stood on and I stood by. There were things that I knew that I deserved. But for whatever reason, I didn't get them. Then there were things that I got. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want that because I don't want my inner peace disrupted. I don't want to, for lack of words, sell myself out. This is why you have to know your own values. You have to know your own boundaries. And so I, I got out, luckily was able to retire at 17 years. And people said I was crazy for it. They thought I was just absolutely nuts. I need to finish my career. I'm going to be Sergeant Major. I'm going to be this. I ain't want none of it. (laughs) And I say I ain't want none because it had gotten to a point my peace was so disrupted Mm -hmm. that I wasn't able to live. And we get stuck in survivor mode. And I really think had I gotten some of the things in the military that I thought I deserved when I wanted them, I would not be sitting where I'm sitting right now because I would have been content and -hmm. I would have been comfortable with it. Mm. My perception is my reality. So when I talk about these things, I don't just talk about it with intimate romantic relationships. I say these things with your friends. I say these things with a job. I say these things with what we call a, a career. If it's a sport, if it's a hobby, even finishing my dissertation, there's weeks I won't write because it's not in me. I'm not going to force that upon myself. But then it might be a week, I'm bust out three chapters. Mm. So you, you have to do things that don't disrupt your peace. And it's not, you're going to lose some things along the way. And that includes family, that includes friends, but you have to be willing to. A lot of people may call you selfish, but there's a difference between being selfish and giving yourself self-love. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. And it, it, again, it goes to what are you willing to sacrifice for that? People think I'm crazy all the time. And I say, man, I'd rather have me a poor, ambitious man before I have a rich, lazy man. I really... Because what's the difference? That poor, ambitious man, he always going to find a hustle. He going to find something. He may not be billions, but he going to find something to do that's going to put food on the table, that y'all going to be clean. He going to find something. But that rich, lazy man, eventually... That was going to run out, and he ain't going to know what to do with how to maintain that money. And now that money gone, and now I'm stuck with you, and now I got to figure out how to put food on the table by myself.
0: You heard that, Fedora?
2: <laughs> Why you talking about I heard that?
0: <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> we had this discussion last, we week. last week. We had it last week. had this discussion last week, yeah. Last she brought uh, it up. I
1: mean, but again, that all goes to my piece and that is something that i value i absolutely value curtis will tell you i'm really one of those individuals when i say i don't care what nobody thinks and this is in uniform and without uniform
3: mm.
1: i don't care what nobody think because if it don't serve me i don't need to be there yep. i don't care how much money is paying me <laughs> that that BH ain't worth my sanity yeah I'm just saying. So what she's saying is true. If it if it disrupts your peace, you don't need to be there. You know when you were full from eating that food, mm-hmm. pull away from the table. Because what happens if I continue with my food analogy? What happens? Now we don't went out, had this nice amazing dinner. We we overstuff, but we keep doing it because we keep indulging in these luxury. Then I get on that scale, like dang, I'm gaining some weight. Whew, I'm a little chunky. I might work to get it off, but I'm still indulging. I'm still indulging. Now I got hypertension. Now I got diabetes. Now I'm obese. Now I got all these other issues that came if I just listened to myself and pulled away from the table when I knew I was full.
2: Ooh. I like that. That's the title of a level book right there. I'm speaking <laughs> that for you. I'm speaking that for you right now. That's you better what write you that. Mean. <laughs> You better write it.
0: <laughs> write that title down right now. A lot I'm of writing. <laughs> you stay right. Every time I follow her, she's 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 exercising and writing. I'm like, Jesus. You write that title down. Right.
1: Like, I don't even know what I just said to write title down.
2: Yeah. It's recorded. So yeah. you write that title
0: down. Yeah. Just say what that topic was again, Curtis. And I'll say hey, we'll go back to that episode and it'll tell you. All I gotta right.
1: get the dissertation. I gotta stop putting these books on me. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, this, this so analogy. we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the situation at hand that we were, that we're really talking about. Okay. So, to run over someone with a car, shoot someone, or cause harm to them, i.e., food poison, because you know we've seen situations where that has happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this the point of no return for the person in the relationship? The person that created the, the person that hit the person with the car, the car, the person that shot them, or the person that poisoned them because they just had enough, you know, and they just said, "Well, i am i am I'm going to make you hurt. Like I'm hurting. Are they, are they at the point of no return in their mind, their relationship at that point? What what do you think about that?
1: At that point? Absolutely. Absolutely. At that point, they are at the point of no return because this is where they're very irrational. And so their hormones and everything, the chemistry in their brain is really off balance. Mm-hmm. And so are they at a point of, re- of no return? Yes. Cause they can know the consequences for those things, but they feel like I have nothing left to lose. I have nothing left to live for.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that moment that they're having the actions, they are at a point where I-, I have patients who've been that individual.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: once they became to back to their rational mind, it's like, oh, my God, I don't know who that person was. So when you hear of things that people said, people just snap,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that is a reality. The issue is there were red flags along the way. The individual scene yeah. that, like, let's just say, I'm assuming the situation is probably over cheating. I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that was, that's what it was. He had cheated on her a few times.
1: And so here's the thing. If you are willing to take a cheater back the first time, understand that behavior is probably, and I say probably because some people do change, but it's probably not going to change. And When you took them back the second time, you accepted the fact that they did not value being monogamous. So it's no longer on that individual who's cheating. It is on you and your self-worth and your respect and how you view it because if it hurt you that much, you should have walked away the first second time it happened. Mm. You knew it did not serve you, you knew that it created feelings and emotions inside of you. You knew it took you to a place that you may not want to go. And it sounds like it probably escalated each every time. It was just an, es- an escalation of force. So eventually. She reached that ultimate irrational point, her breaking beyond her breaking point. Because at this point, she's beyond her breaking point, and now she snapped. Mm. And now she's in the midst of breaking windows and cars. And she's the sad part about it is she doesn't realize what she's doing because she's irrational. That's the hard part about all of it is she's irrational.
2: Mm. And
1: then when you become rational, it's like, whoo. What did I do? Oh, my God.
2: Mm. And
1: I feel like maybe not to that extent, but I feel like men and women probably get to that point one time in their life at least. And I I hope that doesn't go that far. But that sometimes is your ultimate changing point. You Mm. realize I'm hurt. Something is wrong with me. The fact that I keep allowing these things in my life. Go to counseling figure it out why. It, it could stem from so many different things. Or does she grow up seeing this and this was a natural, normal form of love? You can't mm-hmm. discount that either. She yeah. could have grown up in an environment where when you love someone, that's what you do. I, I had a kid, six-year-old come in and said, "Miss Grimes, you ain't hit me hard enough in my back. I said, boy, what? Because I kind of was like, all right, you know, tapped I was like, I'll see you next week. Told me I didn't hit him hard enough. And if I loved him, I would hit him harder. Wow. Because that was the environment that that's what love was. So you have to really look at these different things. What was she shown growing up that may have been normalized in the home or environment that she was in?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow.
1: There's a lot of things that factor in. And so a lot of these things happen. Unconsciously, a lot of people self sabotage in relationships and don't realize that they're self sabotage. Yeah, even in counseling, it's like, Oh, well, my mom or my dad, hmm, really mm-hmm. didn't think that.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I got another anonymous uh, comment. Okay. Uh, she says, It's a she because I can tell by the way she wrote it. <laughs> I've worked all my life, I now work a very good job. My husband and I have enough money to afford me for me to no longer work while I pursue classes in culinary arts. He is not with it and said it's selfish because he expects my income for things, quote, unquote. I'm ready to leave the job and do me. I'm 55 and I'm ready to live. If I leave my job, I'll be happy, but I'm afraid he'll leave me. I know you got something for this, Lee. Go ahead and give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ooh.
1: So, baby, it sounds like what you're passionate about is culinary arts. <laughs> if that is your passion and you believe it is your purpose, nothing and no one should stand in that way. So if that means you've got to lose some things along the way to get what serves you, you're only losing the things that wasn't meant for you to keep. Mm-hmm. You can't keep nothing that... Don't want to be kept. And that includes a man. That includes a plant. That includes a friend. That includes money. Because if you wanted to keep the money in your pocket, I guarantee you'll really keep it. So if culinary arts is your passion and you want to go to school, I would have a serious sit down with my husband and ask him, why don't you want to support my dreams? And if you value someone that you want to be in a relationship with that supports your dreams, and he still does not want to support you then i think you got your answer
3: Mm.
1: you know what it is you need to do you don't need me to tell you and i'm not going to tell you what to do you know what it is you know how much food you done ate if that's your purpose and your passion i will always tell you to go for it and if that means you lose whoever and whatever along the way then you do it and i say that from a professional standpoint because if you stay with somebody and you don't follow your passion and your purpose, you are now miserable. And eventually what happens is you're going to be so miserable that you're gonna stop loving your husband and you're gonna stop loving yourself more. And now that you don't even love yourself more, it's gonna be hell for him. And that's where the irrational thoughts start coming in because now you don't feel like you have anything to give because you can't follow what you believe is your dream in your in your purpose and it sounds like you going to school for culinary arts is temporary because then eventually he' gonna be back to the money. If he can't get that concept in his mind it's more important that you guys afford things instead of affording your dream, baby you got your answer. Mm. And I don't care if if I don't care if you was 25, 45, 55, or 85, it is never too late to do what you believe you were put on this earth to do.
0: I think, I think with, with her saying that she's afraid that he's gonna leave her and, and they built this foundation together, I think you know, you're gonna leave with a piece of the pie. And whereas once you finish your degree, you'll be able to start your own, everybody, culinary arts is a big business. You can do That's private right. parties, big parties. Okay. If your food is good, we're going to eat it and we're going to support you. You know, people sell plates on food trucks and, 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 and open small front restaurants because they have the culinary art skills and people are going to spread the word when your food becomes good. So you might smart, you might start off big, but guess what? When you leave, you're going to leave with a piece of the pie because you helped build the foundation with you and your husband. So guess what? At the end of the day, you're going to bounce back. So you have to feel positive and, and what you're doing to know that this is my passion, culinary arts is my passion. I want to live, so I want to live and be happy with what I what I envision of myself doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just, you know, look at I have to buy this and buy that. Build your own, build your own, build your own dream. You know, that's what you want to do, and it'll come to fruition. Whereas you'll see it, you'll see once you complete your your degree, you know, you can start it's off under like... entrepreneurship. What's what's it called? Internship under somebody else. And then once you build your clientele, once you break off and you finish your degree, got your it's already done.
1: It sounds like to me, this individual feels like they can't make it if their husband left them. But you had to start somewhere with your husband to -hmm. build that foundation that you had. You wasn't always in the same spot that you're in right now. It took you time to build that foundation. It'll take you time to build your, your business. But it, I, I, I want to ask the person, do they wholeheartedly believe in themselves? And is using your marriage or relationship a crutch that you may lean on because it scares you that you have this idea that you can be this great culinary artist? I wonder if it's, do you believe in yourself?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you need a little bit more time to believe in yourself? Only that individual can answer that question. Yeah. Agree. Because Do you
0: agree, I'm, Fedora. You agree I Fedora? totally agree. Yeah. Fedora, tell it like it is too. So don't <laughs> Fedora, y'all. Don't tell it like it is. You got two strong women on this thing today. They they gonna give it to you straight, no chase. It might hurt your feelings. Fedora hurt my feelings all the time, but I take it like a, with a grain oh, sorry, of salt. Please
1: we don't mean to hurt your feelings i promise i don't want to hurt your feelings (laughs) (laughs)
2: i I I didn't know i was hurting his feelings now i'm gonna have to be careful i'm just
0: i'm just talking i'm just talking she don't hurt my feelings she just be dropping that knowledge on me that reality
2: and you you can't say
0: and you can't say you're wrong you got like uh you're right you're right no (laughs) but uh i hope that answers your question uh the anonymous uh person that chatted in i hope that answers your question and we give you some positive feedback on what you think you should do and like lishi said if, if it doesn't if what we're telling you now seek counseling you know seek counseling and they'll tell you probably tell you the same thing lishi just told you they're gonna tell you the same exact thing Might you to find it in yourself first and you gotta love yourself first and then you'll see that once you smile you got something to smile about at the end of the day you'll say i made the right decision uh, so at least you talked about this a while, uh, and you, you touched on this a few times. So, do you think uh, things seen or experienced during a a person's childhood make them prone to treatment in a toxic relationship or relationship that they they sh- shouldn't be in?
1: Um, absolutely, but I also think it 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 goes the other way as well. So mm-hmm. if you you may grow up in a home that was full of domestic violence, and you normalize that. And so you find yourself in that same situation because you didn't heal from that. Even though you were growing up in that home and you may not have been the one that was physically abused, maybe it was your father or your mother was the one that was physically abused. Mm. You still had trauma from that, that you didn't realize you had. And so now you find yourself in a relationship with an individual who's abusive because it's normalized to you. Your Mm. thought process is, well, this is the way things go. Or it could be the opposite. It could be you grew up in home with domestic violence and it's like, absolutely not. That won't be me. I'm not tolerating that. That is not love. And you do the work to still heal from that and not end up in those situations. But unfortunately, what is normalized in your childhood, what you experience, it does, whether it's positive or negative, carry over into your adulthood whether you want to admit it or not um something so simple i like to use with these kind of questions is a lot of times we'll say when i get older i'm not gonna be like my mother or i'm not gonna be like my father and then you'll have that deja vu moment for me it's me Mm -hmm. in the kitchen sweeping the floor dancing swinging my hips i'll be like oh i'm my mama's. Child, just the little simple things. It may not be like I said, it's not always a negative thing, yeah. But those things are there because it's something that's normalized. And sometimes we try so hard, the very things we try to get away from are the very things we end up in because we're too busy running away from it instead of running through it and healing through it. Mm. You're going the other way,
0: healing, y'all, healing
1: through you're going to run into it right. and you yeah. still got to heal through it.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. to answer so, that question is, is yes, but it can, go both, it can go both ways.
0: So Ricky Smith, uh, he, he uh, wanted to, I guess, give some positive vibes to the anonymous uh, person in, uh, that's watching. He says, don't allow anyone to be more excited about your dream. The dream is yours and the life of it is yours, your responsibility. So I think that's a, that's a positive comment to give to her. um, Uh, This is from the producer. She, she says, uh, Monica Tucker, she says, situations need to be left to some people are part of churches and organizations that are stifling, stifling, stifling their growth. I won't say happiness because everyone is responsible for that, but please speak on that too.
1: So since we're talking about church, so here's what I was (laughs) saying. But,
0: uh, be nice to him say. be nice to him just be nice to him uh,
1: here's what <laughs> I mean. so here's what i say on that we have things such as historical bondage mm-hmm. family bondage religious bondage relationship bondage self-bondage so, what do I mean by that? Societal bondage also. So mm. Societal bondage. So what do I mean by that? You may have the individual who thinks, and I'm 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 gonna use a woman's example because I'm a woman, that's what I can speak to. You may have grown up in a church and you go to church every Sunday, you sing in a choir, you on a praise and worship team, but then you you might want to work. But you feel like, oh. That's not ladylike for me to go and twerk because it's against my religion. Baby, religion is just the place that you go to in the order that they provide things in that service. Your spirituality can be numerous things, whether you believe in a God or not. And I will use this pandemic as an example. I was once this huge churchgoer, praise and worship team, everything and i would feel so convicted if i missed the service and i could legitimately miss it because i was working or whatever it was or i was just exhausted and i was tired and in and, and my mind would play well if you got time to go to the club and party if you got time to get up and go to church and go praise the lord That's i was like school. convicted by these That's things
3: the
1: and so yeah then you know online church started happening you know prior to the pandemic pandemic and people will say you got to be in the church of god in order for your spirit to be right you got a fellowship you got a fellowship with one another that online stuff don't work baby when this pandemic can't you know i laugh and laugh. i said so yeah. how y'all still fellowshipping how y'all <laughs> doing down there yeah. i say that to say i had to leave the church because it was holding me back from my purpose It was telling me that I was disrespectful to my mother. It was telling me that I was disrespectful for all the gifts and talents that God gave to me. And I needed to use them. And I needed to do this. But I was miserable. I was miserable trying to uphold all of these standards. All Mm -hmm. these standards. Then I was a rebel. But now, you, you know what they say? Girl, you're doing so good. The youth need to look up to you. I'm so proud. But you was the same one who told me, don't do this. Mm. and don't do that you can still be a lady and and be the head of your classroom the head of your boardroom you can go talk to the people at the church and if you want to go out and twerk a little bit and use what god gave you it don't take away from who you are do not get caught up into these societal bondages the religious bond those situations don't serve you they Mm. disrupt your peace because now you're serving everyone else around you. That's your family, that's your friends, to look like I'm doing the right thing. I'm a good, upstanding citizen. But you're pushing down who you really are. What's happening is with religion, unfortunately, I'm using that as an example because it can happen within your family. You put yourself in this box and you're in the box with your family. You're in a box with the church. You're in a box society you're in a box with friends you're in a box because your gender you cannot operate in all of those different boxes and Mm -hmm. be your whole true self it's impossible Mm -hmm. so what happens i'm not meeting the standard here i may meet the standard here but now this you you can't function that way you become miserable you end up having a mental health breakdown Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happens because your mind cannot jump from all of those different boxes at different times and operate at the capacity that the world in all those areas expect you to operate. You have to find what works for you. It may go against what your pastors say, but I hate to break it. Some of them pastors in the pulpit is different people at home, whether you want to believe it or not. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, the, the lady, your grandmother, and your mother, and your father, and your grandfather is telling you to be. That ain't how they got them twelve and thirteen kids.
0: Ooh, okay, <laughs> are you right now I'm just messing.
1: I, this message? What I'm saying is, people, I understand what you said. People, people mm-hmm. place their fears on, on you.
2: other people. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't let them place that fear on you by saying this goes against the religion. Society is going to look down be ladylike, act like a woman, you don't have no self-respect. Don't let the world place those things on you. Those are situations that no longer serve you. Baby, you're the only one that's got to get up and look at the person in the mirror every day. And I'm tired of people looking in the mirror, but not looking in the mirror, if you guys understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All you're seeing is your silhouette, your shadow. You're not seeing all the good things that you have inside and all those bad things that you got to get out and go therapy and deal with right because the world has shaped you in all these different ways by putting you in those different boxes that hold you in that bondage
0: yeah yep yeah i I, I mean beautifully put as well you said well put fedora
2: uh, beautifully put
0: uh, i i hate to i hate to to go back to Lishi's career in the military, but uh, the person I knew was two different people. Like, I, I would see her out at at the adult places, and she would be having fun. And uh-huh. and sometimes some of her soldiers would see her, and then they would see her in uniform but thought that was the same person. And she had to let them know, look, what I do in my off time is my off time. Now, Staff Sergeant Grimes is a totally different person. Do not cross Staff Sergeant Grimes because, you know, I'm I'm going to show you, you know, Better than I can you know what I'm saying? And, and she said, when I'm out there, you can speak, but remember who I am. Don't think because I'm dressed the way I am or I'm having fun, I'm having a few drinks that you could just say what you want to me. Like she's saying, it's a standard. It's a standard. Now you holding me, uh, the same person that want to have let her hair down and have fun. Now you want to say, oh, that's that Sergeant Grimes at the club. No, that's Lee she at the club. That's enjoying herself and having a peace of mind and, and enjoying, you know, and I was the same way. I'm, you know, I'm I'm this person in the club, but at work, I have to be a professional. I to, hey, don't talk to me about that stuff that happened at the club, I don't wanna hear about that. But, you know, you're holding me. To, you you're trying to hold me down to say, well, because you act this way, you're not gonna get this job, and that's not fair. That's not fair, that's not fair to the people. Like you say, you put me in this box saying, I'm supposed to act this way, That that's not professional, you're supposed to be professional all times. Which, true, but there's a, when I wanna let my hair down, and I want to chill and I don't want to be bothered with the military stuff. I'm not causing any problems. I'm having fun with me and my friends. That's, that's my professional. circle. Th- yeah, that's my circle that I didn't invite you in. So, hey, I'm going to be Sauron Smith right now. So if you want to talk about work, see me tomorrow, see me Monday morning. Right now, I don't want to talk about that stuff. I want to, I want to have fun with my friends and have some drinks and, and dance a little bit and sing some karaoke. I don't want to deal with all that right now. See, because my hours are hey, from 9 to 5. Huh? <laughs> I say say my hours are from 9
2: to 5. Well, for us... It, it's, it,
1: not, it, it's a little hard. Even as a therapist, it's hard, yeah. you know, going out. Especially, it, it's so funny. Like, one of my my kids' parents, they're so used to... I do try to cover my tattoos when I'm working. Only because kids ask me a thousand different questions about my <laughs> tattoos. Yeah. And two, I be cold. So if I'm in a sundress, I'm going to put my sweater on. Right, so they're right. typically always just covered and you, you you can't really see my body for what it is and i went out to a concert one night and one of my kids parents was there and so like i looked and i thought it was them but you know i, I don't think anything of it mm. and then at intermission you know the dad comes over and you know both of the dads come over and they're like oh my god we did not know that was Dude, mm-hmm. You look like a totally different person. I said, I promise I'm the same person, but I'm <laughs> at work right. and I'm not at work. But the thing about that is I had one of my interns with me mm-hmm. and I said, don't be ashamed for who you are when you are not in that capacity of mm-hmm. being that therapist. Don't don't feel like you can't have a life outside of that. And it was the same thing in the military. I would mm-hmm. always say, yeah, to say U.S. Army, but I was leashy Grimes before I was Staff Sergeant Grimes. Right, and right. I am just another number mm. to the army, to these establishments, to some individuals, to some people. You yeah. have got to realize your place in people's lives. And that's mm. to a job, to a career. Unfortunately, guess what? You are just another number. Yeah. So if I'm upholding the standard to these peoples and places that I'm just another number, I'm losing who I am because at the end of the day, when that's all said and done, who am I? And that is it, it's a valid reason why a lot of people get out of the military and struggle because they yeah. don't know who they are. Out of sergeant first class, out of sergeant major, out of lieutenant colonel, that's how to go gone, baby. You mm. and Walmart in the same line with the rest of us? <laughs> Ain't no speeding up. Ain't yep. no red tape for you to go through quick. Yep. Ain't nobody expediting you, baby. With, we in the same line.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great message. I, I feel you with that one. At the end of the day, when you take it all off, but had you lived, like you said, had you just lived who you are throughout that, you would probably have been more happier. Um, you like would, you said, you know, praise team. They they want you to be a certain way, but at the end of the day, when they tell you, Lishi, we don't want you in the praise team no more, guess what? Somebody replaced you. Somebody <laughs> like, okay, well,
1: exactly it, it exactly and then you have to be you have to be okay with it And i think that's the part that people struggle
3: with yeah
1: is you be yourself and now certain places and people are like oh well we we don't want that person so we don't want you now you have you're consumed with guilt and you feel bad and you feel like you did something wrong maybe accept who you are mm-hmm. i promise you be you People will adjust. You know how many times people say, well, you being out in these skirts and this, and I was clearly, I love twerking because I talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And you twerking and doing all this, you are gonna hurt your brand. You, yeah. you gonna do this and you gonna do that. Then so maybe they're not for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not a brand. I'm real. I'm a human. This is me. I'm not going to hide who I am so mm. people can, can create this image of me in their head. Mm. No,
3: yeah. no,
1: my, my mom will tell you, I've been a rebel since I was four, she claims. She claims <laughs> since I was four that I've been a rebel. And she was saying, you know, it sounds disrespectful when I say, you ain't never listened to me your entire life, mm. but I'm glad you didn't, what right. mm-hmm. she says. She says, I'm, I'm glad you didn't. But she swears up and down, I've been a rebel since I was four. I say that all that to say, you have to be happy with the person who lay down, who lays down mm. at night, and gets up in the morning. It's yeah. not gonna matter if your closest friends are happy with you. Your circle may get smaller. That's okay. Like that. Yep. That. That means they did not deserve you. Mm. If I if I can't say anything else, be true to yourself and be authentic. You are authentic to yourself. People
0: will adjust.
1: Yep. Yep. They're going to adjust to you.
0: And then, and then you, like you see, you keep those, when we talk about stifling and keeping you keep it, i say, I use the term keeping a foot on your neck, whereas they won't let you grow or let you stand up to be you, uh, and organizations and churches. And then when they see you, finally you stand up and say, you know what, this is not for me anymore. I, I, I've just, I've been doing this for so long. It's time to reinvent myself. So Therefore, when I do and I, and I become Alicia Grimes with my own business or my own nonprofit or, or Fedora with her her business or her book club or whatever, they're saying, oh, wow, I didn't know you had that potential in you. But you kept me at a you tried to keep me at this level under you, whereas you can control me. And now I'm outside of the box so that, you know, that that circle now and now you see what my potential is. And now I'm happy with me. And then now you're seeing what my potential is. And now you're looking at me like. I should have kept you on. I should have used those those potentials to grow what I already had. And instead, I pushed you out of the circle, you know.
1: And that's, you got to be careful. And and I, I say that when you start to reach certain levels, you have to be careful because there are a lot of people that are opportunists. And that's the same thing as in being in relationships, whether it's friends or significant others. There are a lot of people who are an opportunist. And because of who you've become, and who you are affiliated with now or something, you want to be nice to me. You kind. Hey, Lisa, you remember back in the day? Mm-hmm. I remember when you told me I going to be shit, too, but we, here we are. Sorry, <laughs> I did mean to pass. You know? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Here, here we are. You know, yeah. kind of thing. And I think, for me, things unfolded so quickly. You know, I surpassed. I had certain goals set that I didn't want to even bother to do so I reached a certain age because I just I don't I don't want to say I was being lazy but I wanted to take my time and I really wanted to perfect the things that I was putting out and then I don't know before I know it like people all over is like hey can we do a partnership with this can we do a partnership with that and I even like a couple of summers ago you know I was surprised when with working with Taraji's foundation and mm-hmm. Since she started the foundation, like I've been like right there. And so it's, it's been like, it's almost like, love me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you That's have right, that self doubt because I'm not an individual, like, this is who I am. Like, I just, I'm like, girl, I'm just me. And so yeah. even then, people was like, oh, you're going to have to clean up your IG page working with Taraji? Baby, no, I'm not. <laughs> before, before I got on, she, mm. she's seen it. Yeah. I ain't cleaning it up. Yep. I ain't doing it. And yep. so you'll hear a lot of people start telling you, oh, you're associated with this person now, so don't have this on your page. Don't look at my page.
0: Yeah,
1: Don't look. If it don't serve you, unfollow is real quick and easy. I apologize, it's cash barking. You
0: ready to use um, the bathroom because he <laughs> need to use the bathroom.
1: Now he heard somebody walk past my drive. <laughs>
0: <waiting>. <laughs> uh,
1: but it goes back to if it doesn't serve you, let it go. It, it's hard in the beginning. I'm not going to sit up here and, and act like I didn't have days where I was sad, where I lost close people to me, people that I thought would have my back, you know, people who have been there for a lot of things. It's hard. It's hard looking at family members when it comes to relationship and realizing I have to love you from a distance, but I I, I can't be around you. I can't interact with you because it's, it's just as damaging – as it is with being in these friendships and being in, in toxic relationships. And so, an exercise I like for people to do is I say, List your family members down. Take a piece of paper, write all your family members down, take away their title. Would you still deal, and this includes your mother and your father, would you still deal with these individuals if they did not have the title? and you're only basing it off of the way they treated you, not Mm. their title, just the way that they treated you. And so cross off the names that you would not deal with based upon the way that they treat you. Don't think about their title. So then I have patients go through, they cross these names off. Now I want you to go back and put the titles next to these individuals names. And you will be surprised how many people have their mothers, their fathers, their grandparents, Cross off this list, and I ask them that hard question. Then why are you allowing them to still take part in your life? The common answer is, "You only get one mother, you only get one dad, but you only get one you." Why is that superior to you? Hmm. Wow, that, that's the harsh that's a good reality.
2: Question, yeah,
1: that's the harsh reality of it
2: yeah. when it comes that's to- deep. And it goes back to your peace. It goes back to your peace. Because if you're not whole and you're not set, then there's nothing to give to anyone else in your circle. And that means your children, your husband, significant other. If you're not right, that's why on the plane, they say, put your mask on first, and then you can help others. And it's Mm -hmm. so key. And I know as a cultural thing, we don't like, it's stigmatized, you know, but it is very, very important to seek the help that is needed. Yeah. 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 Oh, and I wanted to go back on what you said without the titles before about people being in, you know, the military or whatever title, you know, they have. And when those titles are stripped, then they are void they don't know who they are or whose they are and so it's very important that as people that you find out who you are completely without a title you know you find out you do the work to find out who you are and it's a journey i mean it's you know it's a journey you have to find out and if you can't answer that question at the journey whatever journey part of the journey you're in, your, in right now in your life, then that's something that you might wanna try to find out. Because at any given day, your title can be taken from you. And I, and I feel a lot of people stay in different professions or jobs or careers, because that's all they think they have.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: without that, they're nothing. And that's a, that's a sad place to be so yeah if if all our listeners and people watching i would say find that out find that out for yourself and you'll find out you're you know you're you're great (laughs) and the world is waiting for you know what you're here for for that purpose that you were here to to give to give to everyone else
0: yeah so so uh we're about to close another episode of Sweet 915. I thank Ms. Leeshi Grimes for, for tuning in with us and being our special guest, and Ms. Fedora. Uh, but um, before we leave, I wanted them to to give some final thoughts. Uh, we'll start with uh, Fedora first.
2: Well, I kind of <laughs> just said it. Just <laughs> said it. Okay, well, yeah,
0: <laughs> you say what you said. I, hey. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> it, y'all. Drop hey, y'all. I'm telling you, it was it was very, very, very inspiring today, um, and and like I said, I follow both of you on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and you're doing some great things out there. And uh, I'm gonna let Lishi speak before we uh, talk a little more and close it out. Go ahead, Miss Grimes.
1: Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, it's. It's interesting because I often say, and then my friends and family would tell you, I tell you all the time, if it does not serve you, it's okay. Let it it go. This is a journey. It's not easy. But if it was easy, then everybody would have already gotten to this point. Mm -hmm. I want people to really, really look in the mirror. And one, hold yourself accountable first. So, if you're in a relationship and you feel like it it may not be going the way you want it, and and when I say relationship, I mean intimate ones, romantic ones, the ones with your friends, the ones with your family. If things aren't going a certain way, I want you to look at yourself first to see what you have contributed to the situation. That's one. Then I want you to hold yourself accountable for the things that you have contributed to the situation for them to be in the state that they are in. Mm. If that relationship is meaningful to you, mend it. If you miss that person, reach out to them and tell them that you miss them. If you love that person, reach out to them and tell that person, I love you, but here are some things that happened that hurt me a lot that makes me not want to love you. If you want to call that person, they ain't called you in a week. Everybody has something going on. Call them. You want to write them. You want to text them. You scared to double text, whatever it is. If it's something that you feel in your being that you want to do, do it and don't think about what the other person is going to have to say about it. That's where you maintain your peace. And you have to be consistent. How do I be consistent? I have to set boundaries for myself, know my values myself, and maintain them. Don't feel bad when it doesn't serve you. I said in the beginning, I'm a flowers, cards, and candy kind of girl. If I'm dealing with a guy who says, oh, uh, uh, not my thing, I don't really send flower, cards, and candy, then for me, it's a hard stop. That means I'm not just speed. And baby, that's okay. Be okay with letting things go that don't serve you. Allow yourself grace. None of us is perfect. None of us. So when when you enter in a relationship, friendship, and you might have done something or you've allowed someone to do some things to you, allow yourself that grace. Don't throw that pity party. Take action. And as always, go to therapy. I don't care if you think your life is amazing. I guarantee therapy is going to bring something else out of you. As a therapist, guess what I do? I still go to therapy. Why? Because my perception is my reality. So if I can get someone else, to start seeing what I'm seeing, they're going to look at it from a different angle. And I may have more aha moments. Healing doesn't stop. The ocean doesn't just disappear. The waves come and the waves go. The difference is you learn to swim. It can be a hurricane. But if you learn to swim, it might be a little hard, but you can swim. That's healing. It's, you're never going to stop healing. You're not. I, there, there's no such thing as, oh, I'm healed and I'm good to go. You will forever continue to heal because it is a journey. Your relationships are a journey. You have to continually to work at them. And if you end up in this toxic relationship, it's because you continually work for it to be toxic. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Just like you can continually work for it to be an amazing, great relationship, you can continually work for it to be toxic. You decide what type of relationship you want. You decide if you want to live or if you want to survive, yep. I'll
0: stop there. Uh, thank you again, Ms. Lishi Grimes. Uh, look on our um, our Facebook page, Sweet 915, and and uh, you can follow Lishi Grimes on, a, on various platforms that she's on. Uh, if you look at our, our, our photo that we posted, I'm not going to say them all because she has a lot. Like she said, she has a lot that she's doing out there in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. So you can follow her out there. Uh, and... Um, You know, just shoot her a line, ask her some questions if you need to. Um, Next week, we're going to speak on, we're going to speak with a few vegan chefs about eating healthy and understanding the differences with health fads and healthy living. You know, we're going to talk to the vegans, the vegetarians, the, with the people that don't eat meat, they they eat fish, you know, we're going to talk to them about this healthy thing that's going on right now, this health kick that's going on and see from their perspective, why is it healthy? Why should we eat like that nowadays? So uh, we ask that you tune in next week to another episode of Sweet 915. You guys be blessed. While we aim to share advice relevant in nature and anything to contribute to one's growth through empowerment, we are not responsible for any information shared. Opinions are that of each host or guest. Please seek professional assistance for any legal, medical, financial or other professional advice. Join the Sweet 915 crew for down to earth, fun filled episodes. No topic is taboo. Send us your questions or topic suggestions to therealsweet915 at gmail.com. And also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hashtag Sweet915 and life is sweet.